0: ours but like why why didn't we do that why did we come up with the values that we came up with so i think today we're going to be talking about kind of brand overall yeah and how some people see it as fluffy nonsense Mm -hmm. um especially when it's attached to like marketing and hey it's just the you know nice design makes it look pretty or is it an actual asset yeah and so i guess i want to start by asking you that question is it (laughs) fluffy nonsense like are we just out here peddling you know snake oil out here or is this an
1: actual asset for a b2b company does sound like snake oil at at times it does yeah it's like yeah it depends how you talk about it i guess uh there's a lot about Visuals and and, and verbal, even like tone of voice, uh, all that kind of stuff uh, that goes into into branding a company Mm -hmm. uh, that does feel at times a little fluffy or a little like it's whatever. It's superficial. Right. Um, I get that. Now, when first off, when done right, the visual and verbal expression of the the company and the brand will influence positively a perception. So that's always great. Um, And and. When it's done right, when it creates an impression and maybe changes a perception, um, it's because there's been a lot of work that went on behind it. So I guess, no, it's not entirely fluff. Now, some of the experts or some parts of the industry yeah sometimes they focus a lot on tools that we use or don't use at times uh, and and, and they, those tools do sound like uh, like nonsense to some. I can see that. yeah. so these tools you're mentioning, what are you yeah. what are
0: you actually referring to here?
1: Yeah, one of the I think one of the best example of this would be the brand archetypes. Okay. Um, there's 12 of them. Uh, it comes from Carl Jung. Uh, Swiss philosopher and uh amongst other things. Uh, so it goes way back, right? But it's based on this idea that so it was um like the the business world took it and appropriated itself with the with the concept to help create an impression and a a a visual expression of a company, right? To okay. to help with the direction. So let's say there's the 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 rebel that shift agency is, for example, um, for the most part. Uh there's the champion, there's the sage, whatever, like there, there's twelve of them. Uh they all have their their specific uh, I guess, characteristics and traits and quirks. Um and some experts focus on that a lot to kind of direct the strategy okay. and, and send it. To one way, okay, and that's probably what rubs people the wrong way, is because they see this and they go, "What the hell?" Like, mm-hmm. like you, you're okay, cool. My company is like the champion, right? Nike is the champion, right? They're like, you know, empowering and like they, they shield the innocent and like they're the heroes. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's another word for it. He- hero or champion. But then like you, you give this to people as a consultant and they're like, okay, that's, yeah, that sounds tremendous. Ooh, that sounds cool. But like, what do I do with it? Once again, it's one of those things. So in that sense, it sounds fluffy. Right. Right. If I just give you this and tell you, Jason, shift now is the rebel. Yeah, it means nothing. It like, means Like if I'm not nothing. a brand strategist, that means it nothing. It means nothing. Me. Now, where it gets interesting with certain, some of those tools and the brand archetypes are uh, one of those tools is – is with how you use them, mm-hmm. basically, right? It's, a, it's you have a toolbox and you take out the tools for what you need to do. And when you need to have clear directions for a visual expression of the brand, for example, or a campaign, you can use the archetype uh, to kind of define a little bit what's going to be on brand and what's not going to be on brand. So, like, can we, can we do this or should we not do that, for example? Okay. If that makes sense. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That okay. makes sense. But it's uh yeah, like I've seen a lot of discussion on LinkedIn of like people saying, yeah, they've never they've never helped anybody, the archetypes. We're gonna we're probably gonna go back to this example a lot. Uh it's an archetype episode, I guess. Uh of just like yeah, people just saying like archetypes are bullshit. Like it's you know, it's uh it's it makes you feel good. But that's that's about it. And you can't blame them, but at the same time, that's because it's been misused or misunderstood in the past.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, so that's where they they're coming from. Or maybe they heard like someone say, "Yeah, I do brand strategy, and you know what we do is we define your archetype, and then you know like that you're the hero that you should um, empower people and that your tone of voice is uh cheerful and empowering and brave mm-hmm. and strong um and yeah your colors for the most part will be like orange and black and like maybe a hint of red or like like showing kind of power empowerment and like mm-hmm. bravery courage all of that stuff right when it when it's only this, sure, you're not going to move the needle a whole lot in terms of revenue, in terms of growth, okay. right? But you are going to get directions for your next campaign, for example.
0: So talk me through then, like if – since we're talking archetypes anyways, yeah. like how would an archetype – like what would be included in an archetype and then how would I use that yeah. to actually – make it not fluffy make it not fluffy like how does it provide that direction how does it provide that value yeah
1: Yeah, well it's it's like i mentioned like so you you do have certain uh traits characteristics of the archetype of each archetype they're all like on on a quadrant of like uh different i guess ideas and narrative that they represent and so you have like like i mentioned tone of voice for example. The traits like the you know uh qualifiers mm-hmm. empowering brave courageous uh for the hero, for example uh you have some type of color scheme that typically like hero brands use uh, and then you get some examples um and going from there you you can also have a mantra for for the archetype right just so just so you it helps you kind of project yourself into like okay, this is my mentality, my mindset as uh, this archetype. And this is what my brand should kind of represent. So you do get that plan like that. Okay. Uh, What this does is it helps you, like I mentioned earlier, it helps you have the direction to visually and verbally express your brand. Um, And it really helps you. Create the perception that you need depending on what you're doing okay content creative ad campaign uh, billboard um, website you know mm-hmm. flyers, whatever it is really it gives you that direction those those design guidelines. The archetype isn't, by the way, I just want to mention, it's not the only thing, right? Right. It's just one one of the tools you can use to help the client or help people in, inside your organization realize, like, okay, this is who we need to impersonate, right? Okay. This is who we are at our core, in a way. Once again, it's not, like, only the archetype. Right. Don't, don't base your entire strategy on this. Of course, that's not what I'm saying. So what, what are some yeah. of those other tools, then? Yeah. Well, so you can talk about, you can talk about values, right? right. Uh, And once again, uh, for some people, it's like, okay, um, let's figure out our values. And it's like, yeah, um, I want to be authentic. I want to be honest, authentic, transparent, and uh, bold. And in the past, I have worked with, like, it often comes down to those four, Mm -hmm. by the way. And it's always, for me, it's always interesting because you, like, you know it's coming. Right. Right. And that's why, in my opinion, with the values, it's, once again, it's something that people see as, like, it's nonsense. Like, Mm -hmm. and once again, I get that because you can't, values are something you can't really say, I am this and I am that. Just like a brand, you can't really say, yeah, my brand is this and that. You can say it internally for direction, but at the end of the day, the ones defining what your brand is and what value your brand stands for are people outside the organization, mm-hmm. the customers. Well, they and I, validate what you define internally.
0: Right. Well, and I think a lot of reason, especially for the value side, why people yeah. think it is fluff is we've all worked for companies that are like, here's our values, and then you're like, you don't do this, you don't do that, you don't do this. You know, it's all this aspirational, aspirational. but not actually experiential, like something that is true for you. It's here's where we hope to be someday, but we don't hold us to that because Mm
1: -hmm. uh,
0: we're hoping to be there someday, but we're not there, you know? And
1: I think think it's fine to be aspirational with the values, to be Mm -hmm. honest, because like you want to strive for something better, something more. Typically, that's what it comes down to. Now, of course, it needs to be experiential when – you're talking about transparency, authenticity, right. honesty, right? But once again, all of those values, it, like you either are or aren't, right? You're doing or you're you're not doing. Um, so it, it it really comes down to this, like there, you know, with the values. For example, it's it's about finding ways to communicating them, expressing them, but not just saying like like you mentioned, like, right? Yeah, we're authentic. Also, how do you prove that? Yeah. I don't know. Oh, you're authentic. Great. Yeah. That's, uh, like, because I've been, I've always been meaning to work with a company that was unauthentic. Right. <laughs> right? Like, this yeah. is something I, like, in my life, I'm seeing myself as like, yeah, let me work with something that, someone that that's dishonest and, like, doesn't care about me. Yeah. Example.
0: Well, and, and to the point then, like, cause you said like ev- almost every client we work with and everyone that you've talked to, it's the same values. We want to yeah. be honest and stuff. And so, so how then uh, I guess in my head, it's like, okay, those should maybe be non-negotiable. Like, yeah. And that's what gets you on the it's, playing it, field, yeah. you know? So like, what would be, what would be a good value to have then
1: oh, That's I can't say, Okay,
0: let's. And I I know what you're going to say because it depends on the company and and who you are, you know. So taking an easy way out of our values here at Shift, yeah, we like because we don't have be honest, be authentic. Like we don't have that garbage on ours, on ours. But like, why? Why didn't we do that? Why did we Mm -hmm. come up with the values that we came up with?
1: And admittedly, we did start by saying like, yeah, we want to be bold, we want to be authentic, Mm -hmm. we want to be transparent and honest, right? But like you said, it's just the foundation, and we didn't actually say that internally. Right. I'm disclosing it to the world right now. Uh, internally, we said like, okay, let's be this. Right. But then it took us a minute, and we were like, yeah, of course, we're gonna be this. Right. We have to. Uh, but like, what was your question again? Like, so, so
0: why, why didn't we use those values? The be yeah. honest, be bold, and then yeah. like why did we choose the values we chose?
1: Yeah. We didn't, we didn't use them in our external communications because it, because it's, it's expected. Right. Right. That's, that's the one thing. So if honestly, if you put this on your website as like in your about page as like, we're honest, authentic, transparent, it's like, cool. right? Right. I scroll right past it and I don't even care about the blurb that you have underneath it. Um, but then we, like, you go further and you mentioned aspirational and you go to, like, what do we, what do we want to strive for? Right. Right. And how do we want to make people feel? Uh, I think that's, those are two important questions you can ask to, to define your values. Be aspirational, you know? Right. It doesn't have to be grounded in reality. Just come up with something, like, dig deep down inside yourself your company zeitgeist of your like industry and everything and just figure out like what's expected but also how can we be and do better right and like if you if we go back to tesla and, and, and elon that we we did already mention or are going to mention in the future um that's kind of what they did in the beginning they really pushed for like For better, for a a vision of the future, Mm -hmm. right? Which is how also you can connect with more people. So once again, values could be fluffy nonsense or they could be useful tools to help make, create a connection with someone. Another one of those tools um, is the purpose and how you talk about it mostly. Because like... One, it's like kind of like the values is like our purpose, honestly, at the end of the day, we all know your purpose is to make more money. Mm-hmm. 99% of the time, right? You're in business. Or, that's what business is about. Or like, okay, too, maybe that's too much. Maybe that's too much. You know, I'm always like pouring some, some water into my wine, as we say in, in French. I don't know okay. if that's a, an English expression. Not really, but okay. we'll take it. <laughs> in French, we pour water into our wine. To make it you know like to make it less spicy, I guess or whatever okay, um I'm not a wine guy, I'm a whiskey guy uh anyway it's the purpose is um i was i i said ninety nine percent of the time it's to make money, not really right mm-hmm. it's it like we could say sixty to eighty percent of the time it's to make money uh that's the foundation because you have to also it's expected, right. otherwise. You might have the greatest purpose on earth, but you're never going to achieve it. Right. Unless it's something that, that doesn't have anything to do with money, of course. Here I go once again, like pouring some yeah, water yeah. Into, into my metaphorical cup. Um, what you can do with this once again is be aspirational and go beyond making money. Okay. What are we in business? What, like, what's our idea Mm -hmm. What are we trying to achieve? How are we trying to transform people's lives? Where it gets tricky with this also is, and where people see it as fluff, is that there's been so much talk about to find your purpose beyond making money that now everybody wants to have a purpose beyond making money. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it gets diluted. It's like, like, are you sure this is your purpose? When you're a food equipment company, Mm -hmm. right? Are you really striving to, I don't know, like make the best salami? Right. Well, this is like, you know, obviously seeing your face, you're like, what (laughs) the hell? What the hell is this purpose? (laughs) Obviously. But no, just, just just to say like, once again, like, Go for, like, your aspirations and and be, like, authentic. Look at how you want to transform people's lives. But um, honestly, if your purpose is to make money, if it's a capitalistic purpose, that's fine, too. Let me know, know. Right. Let me know or don't. You don't have to, like, yell it on the rooftops, like, I want to make money. Yeah, okay, cool. But, like, at least be authentic. That's, by the way, how you can be authentic is by not, starting to bullshit your way into like yeah at company xyz we're all about the environment and like we want to save the penguins right like depending on who you are you know it's not going to fit too well right obviously um last example that i have would be the brand story i guess kind of like storytelling right Mm -hmm. and that's a big trendy thing nowadays too. I I agree with most of what's being said in the field, you know, like tell your story and tell stories in general mm-hmm. to once again create that memory, that right. connection, that recognition, but mostly about leaving an impact and a mark and like people getting like um, sucked into the, the content or the, the branded asset that you're using and creating and, and and putting into a story that like that really helps generating an, a lasting impression, which is what you always want. Um, but then again, like some people have tried to template stories. Of course, there are ways to like, you know, build a story, write a story, like scripts and stuff and like, you know, Hollywood and shit. Um, But you can't just take a template from someone online and just add it to your, like, your own little little show, Uh, at least in my opinion. Like, that's not how it works. You really, once again, you have to take a step back, examine, like, what it is you're trying to do and and tell uh, and how you're trying to make people feel. And then you can construct the right story. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, that's those are. Four tools like like that could be seen as as fluffy nonsense, but in my opinion, it's about how you use them, not necessarily why you should or should not use them. Okay. Brand archetype, uh, values, brand values, brand purpose, and um, brand story.
0: So you talked about these four tools. Like, how then do we leverage and activate them? Right. Like, how do you how do you do that? And so either. Uh, and and i was thinking maybe even asking this way like you've mentioned shift is one of our archetypes is the rebel right so yeah. like how do how does that actually play out in our so so either answer like how do i activate and leverage all of them or like mm-hmm. maybe we look at yeah. you know the archetype shift is a rebel how mm. does that play out in stuff that people would see from us and be like oh, yeah. oh that makes sense. You right. know
1: what I mean? Yeah, I, d- I did go a little bit. I feel like you're, you're pushing me here. I did go a little bit into, into this already. Now, um, for, for most of them, it's about how you use them. And like the way you use them, in my opinion, is brand archetypes, for example, is if you're, you're starting off, you have no idea how to express visually or verbally your brand. Okay. And that could be a useful tool. So you're going to go into researching like, okay, how do we want to be perceived? That's going to help you, um, pick an archetype and you can have, by the way, a core archetype and then a sub archetype 70 and you, you're going to like 70% of your brand is going to be that core 30% is going to be that sub a little bit more in your, um, maybe in your day-to-day, like casual communications, mm-hmm. um, that's going to give you then, once you define that, you're going to have a little bit more clarity as to what's on brand, what's not on brand. So okay. That helps. Once you get like visual and verbal expression of the brand with the values and the purpose, it's both internal and external. Um, it's going to demand a lot of work, I think, if you want to come up with something that's meaningful, that can connect with people. It has to connect in, internally first. With the organization, your employees, your leadership team, um, so go ahead and ask the difficult questions. Like, what drives us? Uh, Why do we wake up in the morning and come to the office? Beyond making money, if it's to make money, if it's to pay rent, that's tremendous. Uh, leave it at that. You know, you don't have to always have like this grandiose purpose. Right. Um, but once again, it gives you this direction as to internal behavior to help then behave externally with customers, with partners, every stakeholder. And once again, it's a way of expressing the brand, right? And then with the story, main thing I would say is that's a little trickier because it takes a lot of, I think in my mind, creativity right uh much more than just looking at a guide and defining like okay we're going to go for this archetype and okay we got the direction so now yeah let's do this and that takes more like okay what's the narrative you got to you got to look at your your idea your uniqueness why you're in business that's where the purpose and values can help again then i would create characters that are memorable and that you can and that's either the customer or the organization or maybe a mascot or something like that um, that you can put into situations uh, that are going to leave a, a lasting impression. Uh, now, I realize this is pretty top level, mm-hmm. but that's, that's all, like I said, for now, yeah, really. That, like, it's, it's, you know, create those characters, like, come up with a mascot or something, like, um, and then put them in situations, stories that create a lasting impression. Um, not just, Hey, um, uh, sign up for our webinar. Right. But here's a, you know, for shift, for example, we could have, I don't know. I, I workshopped, I brain, brainstormed and workshopped this with my wife the other day. And I was like, oh, boy. I was like, what could we have for a character that could like stand out and be like memorable and people could like, um, you know, relate to, or it could be funny. And so they, they'd like want to, they'd remember us better. Right. right? And then bring it up by themselves or whatever. After a while, we do have Sassy Jason. Mm -hmm. That's kind of, you could could consider this a character already. Yeah. All Right? That's kind of how you built it, this alter ego type of thing. Right. um, Dictates also, like, how you leave an impression on people and what you do, how you verbally and visually present yourself. Mm -hmm. Right? So you're a character of shift. Woo! Right? (laughs) Uh, And, like, but I was almost thinking about shift- and 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 not making it only, like, this B2B brand agency. Right. Uh, taking a page out of B2C playbooks and saying, like, you know what? Fuck it. Let's come up with, like, not having this square identity. I was just literally, like I said, brainstorming. And I was like, why don't we have, like, a mascot? And it's a badger. And it's, like, shifty tuto, the badger. And it's, you know, because badgers are... And here's here's why. Oh, yeah, I was going to ask, see why, why a badger? Why a badger? Because in my opinion, I, I saw this video of a badger getting molested by three leopards in the African uh, plains. Mm-hmm. And I was like, man, yeah, badgers do have this reputation of like being fierce, not giving a fuck, um, you know, and they'll handle everything. And like three leopards and this... Badass of a female badger is like she's not beating the shit out of them but she's right. like surviving right. and they're leaving her alone at the end of it and I was like why another badger man <laughs> and why why did that fit into what I was thinking because at first I was like eagle or like you know like yeah. uh, lion or tiger and you're like it's just like the values it's like oh honest authentic like eagle lion wolf like you who badger is A little out there, but it also fits with the archetype of rebel. Yeah. Right? Not giving a fuck. Honey badger, don't give a fuck. I don't know if you've ever seen that this, like, Mm -mm. video meme. Like, Chris knows what I'm talking about. (laughs) Back in the day, it's, like, literally, like, the tagline, I guess, is honey badger, don't give a fuck. And I was like, well, that could be something for Shift. Anyway, that's how I would personally think about it. And it takes a little bit of courage, of course, because – Seeing you right now in your seat, I'm like, Jason's not ready to have Shifty Two Toes as a mascot for Shift. So you're you're thinking that in my in my head, I'm already I'm ah, already getting it
0: animated and like, how do we dope. fit this on our website? And into- so it is
1: it is a change in uh, in feel, I yeah. guess, and vibe for sure. But that's an example, like a fictional one that might come to well, fruition at some point. And and I think
0: too, like this idea of even using a mascot in B two B, I can't think yeah. of, and and maybe it's because we've recorded a lot of podcasts today, um, but I can't think of a comp, a B two B company that has a mascot. Yeah, it's it, more it, like it is the B two C.
1: They have those illustrations, right, of those stock illustration almost on their website of yeah. like people, like on a whiteboard. Yeah, because they're yeah. selling their software, and it's like, how do you, like, show it? Right, uh, and how do you leave that impression? And typically, um, a mascot could be great; could be a great yeah. idea. Um, well, and
0: and it is a great idea because it's already being used. Like we all know yeah. the the Geico Gecko. We all yeah. know like like all these B two C brands have embraced mascots, and it and because it
1: works. It works. It's gimmicky, but it works. Yeah, it's one of the best ways to leave an impression.
0: And so even like the point I was making is like looking at shift as a rebel brand, it would only make sense for us to have a mascot because no other B2B company really does that. that. And I don't, I don't know any B2B branding agency that does that. And so now all of a sudden we're showing ourselves as a rebel because we're using a mascot,
1: something that, and and the mascot
0: just happens to be a freaking rebel itself. And so, and, and the reason I bring this up is like, this is, Everything you were just talking about, like coming up with the brand archetype, coming up with the values and purpose, coming up with the brand story leads you to, hey, it might make sense for Shift to actually have a mascot because it fits that brand archetype. It fits our purpose and our values of of standing out and being different and all that kind of stuff. Like Mm -hmm. this is how brand is not a a fluffy nonsense. A fluffy
1: thing. It's a toolbox. Bring out the tool that you need and you'll get the direction,
0: clarity, focus to move forward. I love it. I love it. So final answer, brand is an actual asset. Asset,
1: long-term asset. Long-term,
0: not fluffy nonsense. Yep. Love it.